0: Thank mm-hmm. you.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sport of Kings podcast. On this pod, we discuss the late pick five at Pimlico on Preakness Day, Saturday, May 20th, 2023. This is show number 226, May 19th, 2023. I'm Scott Carson, founder of Sport of Kings, and I'm joined by my co-host, Hall of Fame handicapper, Chris Larmy. Chris, and then there were seven in the Preakness.
2: Yeah, it's a... The the (laughs) Preakless.
1: That's a good name for it. The Preakless.
2: Yeah, it's uh, dwindling. And and, and the race hasn't gone off yet. Who knows? Tomorrow it could be even fewer.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It could be blazing sixes, blazing fives.
2: Yeah, I would say it's not a, a race that I'm chomping at the bit to play, but... There are actually some pretty good undercard races that look like they're playable. So, you know, just because the uh, headliner is not the greatest betting race doesn't mean there aren't some opportunities on the card.
1: Play in the Sport of Kings NHC qualifier starting every month. Each month, the top 50 players who are NHC tour members advance to round two, which is Breeders' Cup weekend. In that final, 450 players will duke it out, playing all 14 Breeders' Cup races. Two people will win a seat to the NHC, and the top 100 will get tour points. Join the NHC Tour before any monthly round one begins. If you join the tour, you could win up to 20 seats to the NHC in free contests. For only 50 bucks, it's the best deal in racing. If you sign up for the tour, use promo code Kings so we get credit. If you haven't signed up for our free contest with free DRFPPs, Go to sportofkings.net right now. Thank you and good luck. And we have a special returning guest. He's VP of Marketing at Horse Racing Nation. He finished fourth in the Belmont Stakes Betting Challenge last year, turning 4000 into 17000 9000 in prize money. He's Ed DeRosa. Ed, welcome back.
0: Thank you very much. I don't think I've hit anything in my two visits, so... I'm in it to win it this time, guys.
1: You haven't hit it. Yeah, I was wondering. I, you know, I, I have. I'm, I'm over
0: two on your pod.
1: Really? Well, I, I have a file of all of our, all of our pod guests and pod picks, and um, I, I've been meaning to look through it, you know, just to see like how people have done, and I just haven't gotten around to it. So
0: that'd be an interesting see. file.
1: It is an interesting file, and there, 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 there's a lot of, um, a, a, a lot of data there, from right public back. handicappers.
0: Keith Bush would be interested in that.
1: Uh, I think he's already got his own file.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Good. Uh, All
0: right, so well, then, this this is the week I'm getting getting in the getting in the black.
1: Okay. Great. Um, Chris, did you have any questions for Ed before we get started? Um.
2: No, not really. Um just I I just was watching a race at Pimlico. It's almost impossible to watch a race at Pimlico right now. The way they 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 have the cameras constantly switching from way out, you know, it is almost impossible to tell where the horses are. Just a horrible presentation. Anyway, no questions oh, for Ed, but Oh yeah, I was I was
1: noticing uh, I was watching some replays and I'm assuming that Pimlico is the same as Laurel as far as the the crew. And uh, the, the gallop out is always like, it's the breast of the horse, right? <laughs> it's, it's like the horse fills the frame and there's only the winner in in the gallop out photo. Oh, which, that would uh, be
2: fine. I'm just talking about why you're watching the race. You, you, know, you have money bet on the horses and you have no idea where your horses are. Um, I yeah. don't get it.
1: <clears throat> well, I'm assuming it's a little bit different because it's the preakness. Yeah, they usually. have all those
2: infield tents and stuff, I guess. I don't know. It's just bad. It's they, bad. they switched to a weird head-on down the
0: backside instead of the pan, and, and I don't get it at all.
2: And they just showed the 5 furlong long turf race, and it's like you were watching it from the cheap seats, you know, at the Superdome or something. It's like, <laughs> oh, well.
1: Okay, well, uh, I, I guess you mentioned that you figured Ed could pull – Pull some strings and get yeah, them to fix that. Yeah,
2: exactly. That's why I brought it up. I yeah. mean, Ed would know somebody who knew somebody.
1: Throw some horse racing nation weight around, Ed. Yes. Let's let's that, fix this. That is
0: what that is what it takes in this game. Uh, knowing someone helps. So I'll see what I can do.
1: All right, we are doing the late pick five at Pimlico. It's the ninth through thirteenth races. The ninth is the Skipat Stakes, six furlongs on dirt, purse of hundred thousand, Phillies, and mares, three-year-olds and up. Ed, your first winner of the <laughs> pod will be.
0: Uh, it's going to be uh, number three. I'm the boss in me. Uh, Irad Ortiz gets up uh, for shipping in from from Oakland, which kind of thought was interesting because to me. That means they they probably pointed for this spot. Um, this one ran well into the Oakland season, but obviously a lot of opportunities uh, throughout the country. If they had chosen to, you know, Derby Day, Keeneland, etc., uh, they show up here and they show up with some speed and they lure one of the top jocks as well. So uh, I think it's a, a pretty clear case to my eye of catch me if you can. And uh, I think the fact that uh, the to me, the chief uh, competition to to this one's inside, the uh, Be- guy, ben- I wanna say benign, but that Begein? doesn't look right. The yeah, the deuce. Uh, the, the layoff uh, is three to one versus I'm the boss of me, sort of in form and you know is gonna go to the front at a higher morning line price, four to one. Uh, I went with I'm the boss of me.
1: Okay, <clears throat> I'm the boss of me four for 13 at the distance, five for 15 on fast dirt. Chris, what are you thinking?
2: Yeah, I'm the boss. I mean, he's definitely one that could win. There's there's quite a bit of speed, but typically six furlongs on the dirt at Pimlico. Speed's not a bad thing. Um, I like the one horse, Oxana, um, definitely from a value standpoint. A lot of times people are reluctant to play horses from the rail and dirt sprints For me, it's not as big a deal, and um, especially at Pimlico and especially with this horse, actually its last two wins were from post one, Uh, and its last start, which was the first off the layoff, was from post one, didn't win, but it ran well, and if you watch the replays, and it had the same rider, Paco Lopez, who's aggressive and, and good gate rider, and this horse is really good out of the gate. She pops the gate almost every time but then she settles a lot of times she'll break on top and then kind of if someone really wants to lead, she'll let a, one or two horses go by and then she just settles in and then finishes. So she could get that kind of trip in here behind some, some hot early pace. You might, you know, get that garden trip breaks, breaks alertly. And it'll keep her from getting shuffled back. And, you know, to me, she's a big price. And, um, the trainer also, um, you know, is good second off a layoff. She's, you know, got that real nice pattern of a good return race, and now she goes second off a layoff. She'll be sitting on a good race as well. So, I think everything sets up for this horse to run well and could get overlooked in this field. Eight to one in the morning line.
1: Okay, <clears throat> I did notice that, for what it's worth, Oksana weighed only nine hundred and twenty-one pounds in her last race. Which is a pretty little filly, but uh, it's a sprint, so she probably. You know, I, <clears throat> I've never made I've never made money betting on light hor- horses or betting against light horses, but uh, but I did think it was interesting that she was so little. Um, I went with <clears throat> I went with Gunning here. Gunning is actually cr- crazily enough a half to Mage. And he loves our, – our, 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 is, is it a he or a she?
0: Uh, ski that's for the the ladies.
1: I guess it's a she. Okay. No. <laughs> Gunning is a half make it. And she loves to sprint while on Lasix. Her two worst races were off Lasix, and she gets it here. She's also faster at the age of four. <clears throat> uh, her last was her first two-turn race, and the turn back should do her good. I think the race sets up with a lot of speed. So you know, she's got a little bit of an advantage.
0: Well, well I, have I, a, I, five, I, I have five horses written down and you guys gave me a, a sixth and seven. Um So the one thing I will say is that makes me excited to beat this talk.
2: I, I was just going to say, I, I'm changing my pick if, you know, making her like 25th star of her life. The fact that she's under a thousand pounds, she's total play against. <laughs> she must've lost a lot of weight recently or something. And I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. A uh, Philly
1: who weighs 921 pounds has never won the ninth yeah. at Pimlico. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: well, I'm glad you weighed in with that, Scott. Um, I, there's one other horse <laughs> that I liked in here. Uh, it's I think it might be the, the best of speed, and that's the seven-horse Edie Meeny Miney Mo. Uh, Is coming off a layoff, but it's very quick, and it did sort of draw outside, I think, most of the other top speed. So uh, And gets Luis Saez. Kind of depends on how the track's playing and how things unfold, but that's another one eight to one morning line um to me has just as likely to win as any of the others in here so um you know, I'm kind of liking oxana definitely the best of them but uh 80, meaning mini moneymo gets me interested as well
1: do you have another one uh was that was that like your your ninth your ninth ed or did you have uh, another no, that, that was
0: that was one I had slotted, you know, underneath it is not my top pick. But uh, I actually, and based on what I've seen today, I, I came into this already having these three written down, but certainly not dissuaded in any way. Uh, number five, Princess Kokuchen, uh another speed filly uh, or mayor. But, you know, going six, whichever one of these, to me, turning for home as the lead, I, I think is just going to have a big shot. I think I'm the boss to me as the best of the speed, but, you know, I I had five, seven slotted underneath because I just don't want to get beat by who I, you know, among the trio of Phillies and mares that I think is going to be Emily Turner for home. So, um, you know, I, I would say I'm definitely looking three, five, seven to kind of be a, a part of this pick five to kick it off. And I don't think any of them are going to be favored. And the morning line holds are all going to be $10 plus, which isn't a bad way to start.
1: Yeah, I, I I, was gonna mention Pris, princess, Princess Kokichin. Um <clears throat> she uh is she this is her fourth off a layoff and she won her third. She really did just hang on and she got passed on the gallop out, but the pattern says that she she's ready to run like the the best race off a layoff that she can run because she ran a little bit better in her third layoff um than her first off a layoff. <clears throat> Um, I am worried about the speed duel, otherwise she would be my top pick, but uh I'd definitely be using her because I think she she might sit right outside of um on the boss of me and um it, yeah just one stretch. thing
2: to note that that horse that galloped out past her and almost nailed her is the one horse that I like, and that was off the layoff on that horse. <clears throat>
1: Well, you know, because the zoom in was so, so, uh, so (laughs) narrow (laughs) on the caliphate, I couldn't tell who passed her, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, we wouldn't be surprised if it was Oksana. The wonder (laughs) filly.
2: The little, little, little thing, (laughs) the megahertz of dirt sprinters.
0: (laughs) There you go. That's a good callback.
1: <clears throat> okay. What do you guys think of street lose chances? Because I also had her as a use. I, I <clears throat> you know, she ran pretty well in her last and uh, she might've been one of the horses that galloped out past princess Koka um, She, she ran according to the sheet. She ran her best number in her last race, just a slight top. And um, I think if she continues to improve, if she can improve in that one off of that one, She could take this one at a price and she's going to be coming from a little bit off the pace.
2: I I could see a fan. I could see it with all the speed in here, Um, you know, depending on how the speed plays the track plays tomorrow and how this race sets up, you know, you could make a case that this could fall apart. Um, But. And if it does, certainly four would be one that could take advantage.
0: <clears throat> okay. Yeah, well, I, I guess the one thing I would say makes me nervous is uh an uncoupled with John Robb. So, you know, princess going out is the five, Street Loop definitely figures to benefit if she helps cook the pace. That's a good uh,
1: point. Yeah, that is that is a good point. Um uh, and <clears throat> and they ran against each other in their last race so uh in, in, interesting interesting to note there are two different owners so
0: yeah they want to be a part of the pageantry of the ski pat.
1: <laughs> yes <laughs> all right we'll move to the 10th it's the jim mckay turf sprint it's five furlongs on turf purse of one hundred thousand hundred thousand for three-year-olds and up chris your turn to get us started
2: yeah, these turf sprints are usually for five furlongs are usually all about speed, um, it's usually tough to come from off it. Not necessarily the horse that gets the lead wins, but no matter how much pace is in, it's usually somebody near the front that's going to get the job done. I I opted for a big price just because I, these are the kinds of horses I really like, Um that there's a reason I think everyone's going to toss the horse and I I don't think it's a good reason. So I think um, you could get a big price. In this case it's because the horse has only had one prior turf start and it, it was the worst finish of its career or at least recent career. So everyone's just going to assume the horse is a dirt horse and not play it. And that's the four horse uncle Ernie. But if you look, if you look more closely at that race it was off a layoff it was without lasix and i think you could argue this horse is better with lasix and it didn't run that bad it actually broke right on with the leaders and heading into the turn was right on the pace which showed me he seemed to handle the surface fine it's not like he wasn't doing any running he got between horses and kind of got bumped around and dropped the back and didn't, didn't really finish the race off, but that could have been just uh, that he would got tired off the layoff that he needs Lasix um, or that, you know, the bump bothered him. So I think there's a lot of excuses and his breeding doesn't scream turf, but catenius is the, the talent search desire that horse has had produced some good or at least sired some good turf horses and broken bow has some similar on that side so i think there's some turf breeding in there and he's one of the ones that'll be forwardly placed he always breaks well doesn't have to be on the lead um his dirt races certainly fit with these if he can run as well as he does on the dirt on the turf he should do really well He, he he lost his last, but it, it looked like he had won. If you watch the replay, he just lost the Bob. Um again he's got Paco on board who will put him in in striking distance probably right on or near the lead. So he's twenty one on the morning line. Like I said, a lot of people will fade him automatically, just saying he's a dirt horse and he could be, you know, float up above that. So I think there's a lot of value on the floor. Um, Scott, are you on mute?
1: I was saying ran a huge number on dirt and, um, and the pace projector has him sitting in fourth behind the one, six and 12. But um, so there is quite a bit of speed in this race. Um, But if he can sit just off of it, he definitely has a shot. Ed, what are you thinking?
0: Well, you both mentioned something before I get to my pick. I, I wanted to sort of, bolster um i thought what chris mentioned with uncle ernie's turf effort which granted um you know may may not have looked as fast to others and he faded but i love when a horse shows some running on you know whatever the variable was and that's a time to give him another shot especially at a big price so i i love his point i mean he was in the race um Pressing pressing a pace and you know just ended up fading and wasn't good enough and a grade three is the favorite but that to me is definitely no reason to to give up so I love the angle there especially at twenty to one uh and then you know you mentioned Scott the the pace projector which uh, I am certainly familiar with but I've been new to it over the last few months and I, I've been blown away by what a useful tool it is and and I'm kind of disappointed in myself that I haven't been using it more so. Um, I definitely looked at it when handicapping this sequence um, and I landed on the horse that figures to be on, on the lead. It has uh, that's right. Number six and number one down on the rail, nothing better is the two likely to be on the lead. And I, and I did take the shorter price, uh, especially after today, uh, seeing what we've seen both routing and sprinting on the turf at Primlico. And I have no reason to think that's going to change going into tomorrow. I'll take my chances with this horse being on the rail. If uh, ratio is able to clear and has the lead, he's going to be really, really, really tough to catch, even with other speed to the outside. And this is a, a Frank Angs jockey angle, albeit back to last fall, uh, but he turned me onto this. And I don't have numbers; uh, shame on me, a stat guy. But anecdotally, it just seems to work out enough that I always pay attention to it. Uh, Karamanos, the last time he rode this horse one, uh, it was the only time he's been on, and now he gets back aboard, and for whatever reason, that seems to click in surf races. So uh, some interesting variables conspiring to to put this one on top. Uh, but after him, I mean, I love the look on Uncle Ernie. I, I'm glad Chris mentioned him, and, and uh, tickets where I am able to go deeper, I will. But uh, nothing better is definitely going to be one of those keys for me where, where one of a couple will need to win. He'll be one of those ones.
1: Well, I went with one of the speeds also and that <clears throat> that could mean that um, could mean that a closer is going to take this race. Since we're all on we're all on speeds um, that's right <clears throat> only knows one way to go and that's on the lead and he's 3 for 3 on turf on Lasix. Today he gets both and he comes into the race off a series of bullet works. This trainer's good off the layoff, having a 251 ROI off a 90 plus day layoff. He should be faster as a four-year-old than he was at three. I think he's got a great shot to wire this field.
2: Yeah. Um I think all three of the horses that we've talked about are 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 live. If if there's a horse that can come from out of it, the one I would look at would be the eight grateful bread who has run well off the layoff before and it should be one that should, could be finishing up pretty well um so to me and it, and the numbers fit so of a horse that could come from out of it that horse certainly wouldn't surprise me at all if it's not a front runner that wins you know in the eight and he's, it's ten to one in the morning
1: line Another horse that I'm definitely going to use, and and this would be my choice if if a horse comes from off the pace, and that would be Smoking Jay, who won his five year old debut, reacted slightly to that number in his last, um, may just improve third off a layoff, and this is also his third as a fresh gelding. Mm,
0: Tyler, I like that. I'd go all the way to the outside for, for my ad. Um, a Coppola, uh, if this were a speed horse, I'd say no shot. I mean, in this race, because we've already talked about the speed. And outside speed can be really powerful when you're not four wide. Uh, you're just kind of able to to get out there and maybe pin one or two to the inside. But this one's uh, a presser, so it's going gonna to need to find the seam probably eventually. Uh like I said though, I ended up going with the one on top just after seeing the way the, the tracks played all all uh Thursday and Friday is we're recording. Um and, and I just don't see how that changes. But um I'm one ten from a pig standpoint. Uh but this is a situation where I'm singling the one on some and I I'll, I'll be deep on others, uh including the 10 and and basically the horses you guys have mentioned.
2: So I'll I'll give one other horse as an angle this is more of a betting angle than a handicapping beer can man got heavily bet last time and didn't run that well um but i think you know he's probably going to run well much better here he got a tough post he's one of the ones that'll be finishing the reason i say a betting angle is he's in the ae list and they have a two-day double this year it's probably gonna be too late for most of the listeners when we when we uh, this air so it's probably a waste but uh, a lot of people won't play him um, in that two day double because he's not in the main body of the field, but of all it takes is one scratch for him to get in. And um, so you're probably getting some value on him in the pick five. If, if you play him and he doesn't get in, then you get stuck with the favorite. So if you don't like the favorite, you may not want that. But um, that's just an I uh, just a thought. Um, he may get underplayed in that two day pick five because he's on the AE list. And in a big field where he's the only one on the AE, it seems like there'd be a good shot he could get into the race.
1: Yeah. I, um, I would use beer cam, man. If he gets in, I would use him. I I don't know what kind of value he's going to be, but, um, you gotta, you gotta play that horse. He's, he's fast. He's, he's a fast turf sprinter. Yeah. I, I think, uh, especially on days
0: like this, I mean, this is one of the, you know, I'm I'm not a huge like, oh, the boogeyman is call players or robotic or computer, whatever you want to call them. But on big days like this, especially like to me, an AE like the 13 or 14 would be auto value no matter what, if you thought they had any, any chance. I mean, a chase the chaos off the AE list wouldn't be, but a horse like this, I, I think no matter what is, but you know, when you're, you're dealing with the the computers, I mean, that's all baked in. They're just not going to miss a horse like this. But it is a big day, and especially on these the two-day type of wagers that Chris mentioned and the multi-race wagers that maybe the, the computers aren't as involved in, I do think there's opportunity on days like this. So, yeah, definitely watch the scratches for this one.
1: Okay, we'll move to the 11th. It's the Maryland Sprint Stakes presented by really large fans. I think they did actually. I thought. I I, I thought they. I thought they'd changed the name of that company. Didn't? Didn't they change the name of that company from big ass fans to something else? Okay. I I, I thought. I thought they had changed the name, and I was disappointed that they changed the name. And then then I saw they were sponsoring this. So, okay. Well, anyway, so glad glad to know that they're still big-ass fans, uh, and they are sponsoring a six-furlong dirt race worth 100000 for three-year-olds and up. Ed, what's your take?
0: This is uh, one I would say I'm more excited for than others, maybe. Um, I just don't love uh, Nakatomi. Uh, I didn't really like him sort of paper handicapping. The last thing for me is usually the sheets. Uh, and that's just a, a gnarly pattern at five to two off uh you know, what is this? Seven weeks rest. I mean, uh, excuse me, five weeks rest. Uh, you know, that's okay. But man, that was a big step back off off of the top. So I wasn't enamored anyway at five to two. And then when I saw that, I was like, well, I got to be again. So this, that one's not going to be on any ticket. So that's the fade uh, straight. No chaser very much in the mix for me, but wonder where Craig is Uh, similar situation is the first leg. I just kind of thought at four to one uh, you know, the speed to the outside of the other logical one in my mind. Uh, I think that's a great price and Brittany Russell can seemingly t- do no wrong. Uh, we'll see, you know, how much right she can do in the, on the big day in the graded stakes, but this horse really fits for me. And I just think they're going to, they're going to be winging it on the front end and, Straight No Chaser runs back to the last at Oaklawn. probably a better horse. But, you know, to me, that's a big ask, too. Uh, That's a pretty quick turnaround off the lifetime best. Whereas Wonder Where Craig is, we kind of know the pattern, and we know what he can do from the outside. So I think he's the one to catch, and that's where I'm going to put my money.
1: Okay, Wonder Where Craig is, has some really big numbers on dirt. Chris, what are you thinking?
2: Well, I echo a lot of what Ed said. I mean, Nakatomi seems to always get over I've never been a fan. It's definitely have – I have no problem at all betting against him. Wonder where Craig is, Brittany <coughs> Russell. We've talked about her before on the pod. She just wins races everywhere. And uh, she's hot right now at Pimlico today. So second off the layoff, he looks like he might be controlling speed, draws an outside post. You know, he seems like certainly the one to beat. If he's not favored, there's value there, Um, certainly in the pick five. I'm going to be a little more creative here. Um, There's a horse I've always thought had a lot of talent, just hasn't quite shown it yet, and I think he might tomorrow, and that's the two-horse prevalence, who um, I think he's a sprinter. His best races have been sprinting. They continue to try to route him. Uh, just tossed that last race on the turf and even his race before that, I think. I think maybe, you know, one turn miles, probably the the limit for him. But I really like the cut back and distance. I love his recent workouts, especially the gate work. I love it when they take a horse like this, they cut him back in distance. They give him a sharp gate work. They put blinkers on the workout. I watched he had the blinkers on they're not much of a blinker, but. They're trying to sharpen his speed. He had another fast workout after that gate work. Um, And and this barn actually, this route to sprint, surf to dirt, they actually do this more than you would think. And they do it really well. Um, With three-year-olds and older, he's 13 times they've done it. Six wins with a, a big ROI and eight in the money and a 13 start. So it's not a huge sample size but 6 out of 13 is significant. Um especially for kind of an unusual move like this. So for of which move? For which move? The cutback from
1: cut turf to cutback
2: and turf both, cutback okay. and a switch from turf to dirt both at the same time. Um and the 3-year-olds and older. Um I always kind of filter out the 2-year-old stats. So um, and they go to IRAD, so a lot of, you know, blinkers on, IRAD, cutback, surface switch, really fast workouts, including a sharp gate workout, I mean, just, this horse is screaming, it's going it, to, it may be the kind that just is, isn't going to run at all, but if it's ever going to run a big race, it seems like it will be t- in here, and this is, it's been a price its last couple starts, it's 8 to 1 in the morning line, so I think it'll get some value, but I certainly wouldn't talk anybody off wonder where Craig is, and I would look at those two in the pick five and also in the verticals as the way to play it.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> I, uh, I also landed on wonder where Craig is second off of layoff, has back numbers, has speed, projects to get the lead. And uh, I did just notice that Brittany Russell is I don't know if these stats include today, Friday. But nine for fourteen at Pimlico this meet, sixty-four percent. Wow. wow. <laughs> um and
0: I she was twelve for twenty five. Uh and the way I looked at it was just the last twenty five starts, and that's not track specific. But coming into today, she was nine for her last twenty five. So yeah, she's hot.
1: Wow. <clears throat> Yeah, I think uh, I was also slightly interested in Al Loves Josie, who won big two back, then had a nightmare trip in his last. He's unlikely to be 10 to 1, but he's probably used Al Loves Josie.
2: Yeah, that one at a price, definitely usable for sure.
1: Okay. uh...
0: Name reminds me of Al Jolson.
1: Alo's Josie, Aloes Jolson. Okay, we'll move to the twelfth. It's the James W. Murphy Stakes, a mile on turf, purse of one hundred thousand for three-year-olds. Chris, Chris, what do you think?
2: Well, this this is another one where you know I, I've had some pretty aggressive picks um, on this card, and I'm going to continue that with this race. Uh, the this is another Brittany Russell horse. Um, circle the drain or circling the drain. Uh, if you look at this horse's breeding, you know the dam was all turf, uh, all turf. Just a pretty nice uh, runner and has has produced some pretty good runners on the turf. West Coast has actually been a pretty decent turf sire as well. So, um, you know, to me, this horse is one to you really want to see. It run on the turf. You figure probably plus turf, and its dirt races are fast enough to compete with these horses. And if it's plus turf, who knows? You know, it it could run a huge race in here. So uh, I really like the five circling the drain, first time turf. Brittany Russell, the hot trainer we just talked about, um, uh, just a lot of value there. I think so. Number five for me. Hopefully, we'll be circling the field.
1: <laughs> uh, Ed, what are you thinking of this race? I, uh, well,
0: I, I didn't love Nagarok certainly at eight to five, but I, I do want to point out that uh, he was the workmate uh, I think on two of the last three occasions for a horse that Motion debuted in North America on Thursday at Churchill uh, in the fourth race, whose name is escaping me. Uh, but one like a good thing going 11 furlongs, uh, so was well prepared off a layoff to go 11 panels. And Nagarok was one of the workmates, uh, and they were on even terms looking at the work report. So, I guess a little bump for that um, three-year-old working against older who won an allowance at Churchill. But from the outside post at eight to five, too tough for me to take. Uh, fantastic again. Uh, who I guess will be the second choice based on the morning line but uh, gets Lasix, gets turf or back to turf, uh, which is where that one had debuted last summer. But, you know, I'm willing to, to toss that on debut. It's not really Wesley's game as debut runners, but it, it just feels like by the time you get into July, it's not the same vibe as, as those Keeneland rocket ships. So uh, stretches, uh, you know, since on two turns in synthetic, this one, has been really good uh, on the front end. Uh, I just think it's going to be really tough to catch under Johnny V. And, you know, nothing wrong with Geraldo Corrales, but uh, Johnny V was on this one when they probably had some really big aspirations back in the summer at Naira and uh, gets back aboard here. So I, I think it's catch me if you can. Really two races in a row, as we're about to get to with the Preakness, but Johnny V looks uh, poised to go from the rail uh, in back-to-back races here.
1: Okay, I, I landed on the same horse as Chris, circling the drain. Fast, definitely fast on dirt, faster than these horses, but only on dirt. Um, but almost all of his siblings were faster on turf, so he is a must-use. I did think, you know, there's still some chance – that, you know, he he won't run well. So I, I thought this race was the hardest one of the sequence. I thought almost every horse has a shot. I I agree that nagrock is, uh, he kind of looks best, but only slightly best. Um, I thought Wonderful Justice had a nightmare trip in his last race, and he's there on his best. Kingfish Stevens could fit on numbers. and This is only if Circling the Drain does not take to turf. Uh, fantastic again. I mean, fantastic again. Fits. A Western yarn only needs to improve a little bit to contend. And I will mention, just because I actually saw the replay and I, I work with a, one of the owners of Moonstrike, got totally stymied in the stretch of his last trip. Could fill out the try and the super at a huge price. One
0: thing, <laughs> yeah. uh, talking about you know, these races and we're about to get to the Preakness, like, you know, if the Preakness were a 12 or 14 horse field and man, I don't like the favorite. I have some looks like, you know, I think these 10 or 20 to one horses have a shot kind of like you can do in the Derby most years. Nagarok to me would be, you know, I'm not saying all of a sudden you love a horse like that, but a lot more palatable at eight to five, knowing this one's going to be the favorite with, you know, connections that take money to boot, et cetera. But when you know what's waiting for you in the payoff leg, uh, it, it's just an impossible horse to like unless you have such strong opinions you're willing to to cold deck it or you have some fifty dollar horse earlier. So, you know, admittedly it's a it's a bit of a gamble. Like if a horse like Nagarak beats you, you get it. But just impossible to to think there's value in hooking that horse up with the ones we're going to talk about in the Preakness.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. Although I would say, you know, Mage will be singled on a lot of tickets um, on the horizontals, especially now that First Mission is out. So if you you know went against Mage, you know, and you had some price horses before the this leg, and you like Nagarok, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't discourage well, you me from playing it. You guys gave
0: me some prices in races nine and ten. So, you know, that would be a case I wouldn't want to get, get beat by Nagarok if, if you guys are right. But if I'm right with my opinions, Nagarok just isn't gonna gonna do it for me.
2: Yeah, you need to find some value in some of the legs. Uh, but you know, maybe uh if you if you were gonna take a stand against Mage, that's the one place because if I look at this sequence the one obvious single now is mage, right? Nagarok's the second one. So those two, so it's, um, you know, those two are going to take a lot of money. You, you almost have to beat one of those two. So if you're playing Nagarok, you got to fade mage. If you're playing mage, you got to fa- fade Nagarok, I think, is how you play it. And, you know, you're you like you said, I think what you were saying is you can't have them both, right? All right.
1: Uh, Were you going to mention another horse besides Circle the Drain, Chris? Uh... Um,
2: uh, the the two you guys to me the two Ed mentioned uh, you know Fantastic and Nagarok are kind of like the only ones I'm worried about beating Circle the Drain. Assuming I'm right, and I don't know why this horse wouldn't take to the turf, given the breeding, um, and so um, they're the only two I'm worried about beating Circle the Drain. The other ones. They're all look about the same to me. I don't see any of them winning, but any of them might get a piece of it, but I don't see them as real win threats. So I don't think this is as wide open as you do. So if I were going to play this race, you know, I'd be keen circle the drain and maybe depending on, you know, how I play it, I might have a backup with the, you know, those other two.
1: Okay, well, <clears throat> we're up to the, the last race. It's the Preclis. Coined, coined by, coined by Chris earlier. I, I don't know if that was on air or not. It's a good one. <laughs> the preclus, a Grade One mile and three sixteenths on dirt, purse of one point horses running for one point five million. Ed, what do you got?
0: Well, the the scratcher first mission was was huge to me. Uh, I really struggled with you know where c- could the value be with the money getting spread and you know because of takeout. I, I just didn't I didn't think the bombs would take enough money that it would make the three to me the three logicals palatable. Speaking of national treasure mage and first mission, with first mission out. Uh, I expect, you know, anyone excited to bet him. I, I think some of the money will gravitate around, but I, I do think Mage will take most of it. I think Mage will be odds on when all is said and done. And I think Mage's job got harder. I thought First Mission would be the first one to pressure National Treasurer to go for the lead, to ask the question. And if, you know, Mage followed along, as he did brilliantly in the Derby, uh, that would make him you know, really tough, and uh, I was just kind of nervous about which direction to go with all three in. Now, and Emily Gullickson expressed this beautifully, I thought, earlier, now either Mage makes a move earlier than he's used to, a little out of his element, although he was on the front end in his career debut, but based on what we've seen routing, a little out of his element to go get national treasure, or just has to to hope he's just that much better and the flow uh, doesn't matter and he just makes his move when he does. And it's good enough to call her national treasure. Both of those things could happen or either of those things could happen and Mage could win and no one's going to be shocked, but at odds on, I just feel that's too light for me and national treasures job got easier, not harder with first mission out. Uh, he's a single for me. He's, uh, he's the one I want. The others just to me aren't good enough. And to boot, not only aren't they good enough from a pace standpoint, there's really nothing to recommend them on the win end to get excited about taking, you know, whatever price they're going to be. It, it just isn't good enough to to go with an alternative and double or triple the cost for my ticket. So uh, I'm planting my flag uh, in Bob. We trust. Welcome back, uh, national treasure for me.
1: Okay, and that gives you license to bet, Nagarok, Ed
0: you You think that's enough? That's clever enough, the second choice?
1: Well, you know i
2: yeah, I, I do. I think it, I mean it depends on what you like in the other legs, but right. I, I, a lot of that pick five is gonna be going through mage or pick three or pick four. I, I wouldn't pay sure. play the pick three or pick four at that takeout rate. No,
0: well, some of us get uh, a kickback.
2: Right. For those who aren't getting a rebate, I wouldn't play it. If you are getting a rebate, certainly. I don't even like
0: to support a rebate or not. I mean, that's that's ridiculous, 25 and
2: three-quarter percent. That's pretty
1: sad. All right. Well, Chris, where'd you land?
2: Well, I think I'm similar to to Ed. First of all, I, I wasn't quite as high on first mission as most people were anyway, so... I was a little disappointed he scratched for a couple of reasons, but um, you know, it is what it is. Mage, I've I you know, he ran great. He's he's fooled me a couple of times. Um, I've just thought he's one of these horses that's been rushed up, but I still think he's one of these horses been rushed up and now he's wheeling back after the race of his life, going ten furlongs. Uh, You know, to me, I don't see how he doesn't regress. If he was trained by Bob Baffert, I would say he's an absolute cinch. But anybody else, um, I I don't see how he doesn't regress off that. And if he regresses, uh, National Treasure could definitely beat him. National Treasure, as Ed says, has a big tactical edge. Um, And, you know, he's no longer Baffteen. who's Baffteen? is a terrible, uh, has has a terrible record. Um, but this is Baffert. Has gone well. um, Not, yeah, not Baffteen. And this is classic Baffert three-year-old triple crown prep training. I mean, he had, he had a really solid six furlongs in the pent ultimate work, as they like to say, before the derby. This is before the Preakness. But, you know, he's turning the screws. He's got the tactical edge. I've always thought this horse was good. I think his two races this year were better than they looked. Again, they were Baff teen races, so got to discount it that way. And the first one off the layoff was just a weird race where it was all Bafford or Baff teen horses or whatever. Um, and um, they took the blinkers off and stuck him on the rail behind horses to see what would happen. He kind of got trapped. It just didn't work out that well. His next start. Again, I think they're seeing if they could rate him. And, um, you know, Baffert had a lot of speed horses. So, you know, he probably didn't want this horse to be, you know, on the lead if he's going to go against the other Baffert horses. But now they put the blinkers back on. They draw the rail. Johnny V's riding. I mean, he's going to go. He's the one to beat. Um, You know, he's clearly, I think, the horse to beat. I think he's more likely to win than Mage. And that's probably most people don't feel that way. Um, so I'm, I'm saying, you know, national treasure is probably the way to go. in the pick five, there is one other horse in here. I kind of like, but I had said the way the Preakness gets bet in the small field, I don't think there's much value underneath. Um, there'll be tremendous value, maybe in the horizontals, if you can get past major national treasure, but, um, I'll wait and see what Scott likes before I weigh in with that horse. <laughs>
1: Well, um, so I'm kind of I'm, I'm, – I'm on the fence between Mage, who did get a perfect trip in that last race, but he's, he's, he's had other trips where he had serious trouble before, and um, <clears throat> I think there's a, a, a good chance that he can keep rolling here. Um, but I guess if I have to make a pick, it's going to be Blazing Sevens, who ran fast as a two-year-old. And is also running fast as a three-year-old. At least in, he did in the Bluegrass. He seems likely to improve, and this is a, this is a thing that Chad does. Um, I I don't know how I'm going to play it. I I don't know how I'm going to play the pick five because I'd have a hard time not using Mage. So I may just not play the pick five at all. Um, and part of it is just you know rooting for this horse. Uh, I like the horse, you know. I I I didn't pick him in the Derby, but I I looked at my comment on the Florida Derby afterwards, and I wrote that he galloped out great and he looked really fine. I mean, he looked he looked like he had really nice action. So it's hard for me to not root for this horse. So um, I'd have a hard time just completely going against him in the in the uh, pick five. Um, I'll make Blazing Sevens my official pod pick. But um, I'll be rooting for
0: Mage. That's a great. Yeah, I, mean, I, uh... I. I hate that cliche in racing, like great story and oh happy he won. If I lost, I mean I want to win. But and I I sent Romero a note. Like I, I've been thoroughly impressed with every how they've handled everything in the last two weeks, and I, I think they'd be a lot of fun in the build up to, to a potential triple crown with the win. But I, I just can't take odds on here.
2: Yeah. I, I just think he's going to regress. Um, I just, he's going to now he could still regress and win because national treasure. I mean, maybe he doesn't run, but I agree with Scott blazing Seven's the only possible alternative. If you just kind of ignore his comeback race where something obviously went wrong, you know, he's sitting on a, the race of his life. And Chad has, done this a couple times recently where he's pointed a horse to the preakness and they've definitely been pointing to the preakness since that you know first race didn't work out so well because they could have been in the derby if they wanted to and they they chose not to so he he's definitely the only one i just don't know if he's going to be that great a price given how the fields shrunk to nothing um the one horse i think everyone's ignoring is coffee with chris Um, I I love the name and, you know, he's probably not best going this distance, but he's the only other horse with speed. And if they don't, you know, if they go slow on the front end, it's a speed favoring track. I don't know why this horse couldn't hold on for a piece. Everybody seems to, you know, be wanting to play the closers underneath. But if you want to try to get something out of the, the vertical exotics, You know, he's the horse, I think might be the one that gets totally overlooked. I mean, chase the chaos probably will get played as much as as he will. And his races aren't that bad. Um, And he's, he's, it could be a very slow pace uh, with him either sitting in first or second, probably second, but you know, who knows, maybe even on the lead, depending on how they want to go, how they ride him, what they're trying to get out of this race. They might just be hoping to hit the board, so they may be real conservative. So we'll see. But I think he's he's the one long shot I'm kinda interested in. Um was, was in it you race. who
0: said if they if they ride him to hit the board? Right. He might do it. Whereas if they ride him to win, probably not. He's done. Yeah. Yeah. That, no, exactly. that makes a lot of sense to me. And um you know, they bought the horse for $2,000. Uh, I mean, a, a third would be just gigantic for these types of ca- connections. So, you know, to me, it's one of those, what if What if it is lone speed one, two? And maybe Mage is able to collar coffee with Chris, but he can absolutely, you know, if he's, if he's left alone behind national treasure, there's no reason to think he can't hang on for third. And I would say that's another benefit to first mission being out. Definitely a positive
2: for Coffee with Chris. Yeah, for me, that was the biggest change. It wasn't so much change in National Treasure's chances because I think he was going to beat First Mission regardless and probably a good chance. I thought he was going to get a good trip either way, but Coffee with Chris now won't have that horse breathing down his neck you know, on the outside anymore. He'll just be able to get a comfortable stocking trip if all they want to do is hit the board, um, and he might be able to run around you know, in that second spot all the way around. Who knows? I mean, Mage, I, I like I said, he could regress. And when horses regress, you never know how much they're going to regress. Um, I could be wrong and he may run another good one and I'll be betting against him in the Belmont. But, you know, he he's done an awful lot in a short period of time. And he's coming off a huge effort and short rests. I mean, this is a prescription for a major regression. And it, people say, well, you know, the Derby horses tend to do good in the Preakness, you know, derby winners. But in recent times, the ones that have done good are all trained by Bob Baffert. In the old days, horses coming back in two weeks after the derby didn't really mean much. But in modern day, I can't think of too many horses that have run well. You know, like in the last 10 years, I can't think of any other than Baffert horses.
0: Back to chrome, basically. Um, (laughs) And and to your point, one thing I've brought up is, yeah, you know, I didn't love Mage two weeks ago. Didn't use him for a nickel at fifteen to one, and part of my thinking was, man, fourth career start in two and a half months—it's a lot to ask. Uh, you know, I, I without having raced at two, and now we're two weeks later, and he's going to be odds-on. And what he showed in the Derby was awesome. And admittedly, didn't think that was part of the the menu, but the the thing I brought up you know, that I didn't love about him two weeks ago is still in play. And now he's, you know, as short of price as you can imagine, given the circumstances. So I'm sticking with the read, it adds on. And if there were some other alternatives in here, and he were, you know, seven to two, uh, it'd, be a, it'd be a different, you know, different calculus. But as is now, uh, just too short for the reasons you said. And, you know, nothing's really changed two weeks later
2: yeah if anything it's worse now it's another race he's coming back on shorter rest after a longer race that took more out of him i mean it it, if you felt that way going in you ought to be like doubling down now so to me if you the way this race is bettable is you just fade mage um he might beat you but if you fade him and you fade him out of like the exactas and tries that's the one way you might make some money you're not gonna make any money with him in there so um To me, that's the way you bet it, or you you just don't bet the race. Pick fives, again, I would fade him. But um, if you like him, we already talked about how you have to play it if you like him.
1: One thing um, I was noticing about Mage, you know, I was thinking that he's going to be coming from off the pace. But, you know, he won his first race on the lead, and uh, his second race, which was the Fountain of Youth, he was within a length and a half of the lead um, most of the way around uh until the end and that's where that's even after hitting the gate so um i i think that he's likely to be closer to the pace if it is a slow pace he's going to be closer to it i hope so i
2: I hope they feel like they have to be up close that's just another reason why he could empty the tank before they turn for home i mean all that's good in my opinion just for reasons not to like him if they're going to try to keep him close First of all, he always breaks slow, so they're probably gonna have to rush him up to stay close. And um, uh, you know, I'd love it if they take him out of his game where he's been really successful the last couple of races, and they try to to stick him up in the race. Just another reason to play against him, in my my view. I okay. think that's what Emily was saying. You know, if they're gonna if they're gonna chase with him. Uh, that's a negative, not a positive.
1: Yeah, agreed. Well, it's gonna, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a fun race to watch. I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I will be rooting for the mage. Um, I, I will, um, uh, <clears throat> be really interested to see what happens. You know, I, I do, I do agree with you, Chris, that he's sort of ripe to bounce, to regress, but. He hasn't done that yet, and you're not supposed to play him as a favorite. But you are, you know, and, until they go back. They, um, you, you. I mean, that's the thing. the The rule is, if a horse has never gone back, you keep playing it, but only if it's a price. So he, well, he isn't,
2: and only if it, only if it's kind of following its same routine. If it was, but in this case, they're forced to go in this race. You know they like like every other horse that in the Derby, they would not be in this race if they hadn't won the Derby. So um you know it's it's quite a bit different and coming off by far the best race of his life, um most taxing race of his life, and then coming back really quickly because they have to, not because they want to. Um, I mean of course, they want to, but I mean they they if they had their druthers and this wasn't the triple crown on the line, then they wouldn't be in this race.
1: Yeah, I guess I'm just not as against him as you are. That's all.
2: Yeah, that's pretty clear. But in, t- in terms of betting, I think you have to be against him or you shouldn't be betting this race. I just don't know how you make money in this race playing him.
0: I'll definitely be interested to see what the, the strategy of, of those, uh, you know, playing in the live the money. It's $1,500, uh, so, you know, not quite the level of a Belmont or, grade one gamble, BCBC BC, et cetera. But, you know, a, a lot of these races, well, I mean, the classic last year was kind of interesting because you had the the big bet at two to five, but uh, it, I'll be, I'll be eager to see some, some of the strategy from a tournament perspective of what, what people do in the seven horse field with two, in my mind, two very clear contenders. Uh, although, you know, Scott, Scott has another alternative. So part of the, interest. yeah, you
2: know, the vet, ba- yeah, value is a lot different in the contest. I mean, the, uh, my guess is they'll be going all in on one of those two, depending on where they are in the contest. Right. I mean, certainly if on uh, National Treasure, and you know, they, I can see them going all in on him at two to one or something, and even Mage if he's even money, if they can win the contest that way. I mean, that, but it's so Absolutely. different. Absolutely. There, they're trying to win the prize money. You know, it's a it's a target they're going for. It's not long term um profitability in terms of your wage rate right. so yeah, it's a completely different game but yeah it'll be interesting to see what they do but at, to me then there could be a lot of value in playing mage depending on how things sit you know where you're going into that last race but just for the average person betting i just don't see any value in playing him in the seven horse field
1: Yeah, I mean, well, I, <clears throat> I'm unlikely to bet this race as a standalone race. I, I'm thinking about it. And I'm what I'll probably do is I'll single Blazing Sevens because I'm not as keen on National Treasure. <clears throat> I'd single Blazing Sevens, and if I'm alive, then I'll I'll be rooting for him. But um, if I'm not alive, then I'll be rooting for Mage. With no money on the line. Or
2: you, could, or you could bet him in the race, too, right? You don't have to only play him in the horizontals.
1: Who, Blazing Sevens?
2: Yeah, Blazing Sevens.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I think he's got a shot, but, um, you know, I, I think he's he he's he's worth playing, but I, I, he's worth playing in the pick five. I don't know if um, I'm keen enough on him that I'd want to, you know, Bet just win money on him, and, and what will probably be what three to one.
2: Blazing seven. Yeah, oh, yeah, blazing blazing money seven. On, Oh no, no, he'll be higher than three to one. He'll. I mean, he. All the rest of them after the top two are going to be about the same price. I mean, that's how they play the preigness, especially in the small field. Maybe Chase the Chaos will be higher, but. You know, Well, have but, you seen? Uh, I mean, granted, no,
1: no, no, There's no a, way Blade is Seven's higher than seven to two. I'll, I'll make that bet with you. Oh, he will
2: absolutely.
0: All right. be. What All do right. you want to bet? Yeah. He will absolutely yeah. be higher than There's seven. No to way two. he's gonna
2: be that short.
1: There's Come on, it's, no it's Chad Brown and Irad.
2: Right. Chad won. Uh, what no did way.
1: he? He won it last it's year, did Gustavo didn't he? Delgado and
2: Javier Castellano. <laughs> and Bob Baffert and Johnny Velasquez. <laughs> And plus no, it's the freakness, and they all the yeah. horses get bet. Uh, I know there's
0: only four hundred thousand in the pool. I don't know if you guys have seen the updates this afternoon, but Chase the Chaos is seven to one.
1: What's blazing sevens?
0: Uh, I think it was six.
1: <laughs> wow! Wow! All right. Well, yeah, not, I, I mean, Chase the Chaos
0: that. isn't going to be seven to one, but uh, yeah, you're 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 getting better than seven to two
1: uh yeah because
2: seven to two he's not a very good bet yeah
1: well yeah i'm not i'm not expecting better than seven to two so um i'm not expecting to bet him to win you should yeah yeah (laughs) if you like him
2: yeah he's going to be much higher than seven to two but uh, to me the way to bet this is you had you fade me if you're going to play the race you fade mage and you you play the, the problem is you know, trifecta takeout so bad unless you're getting rebates. I hate to recommend people play trifectas, but, you know, exact as fading mage would be the way to go and then try to just be real sharp with it. Um, And with mage out of there, you're going to get paid even with the takeout. So that's the way I would play it. If he beats you, he beats you. But um, I would not be shocked to see mage win. I would not be shocked at all to see him run off. So that's the way I would play it.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I can, I can absolutely watch this race without betting it, but, you know, because I, I usually play the pick five just because we do the pod on it. And, uh, I, 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 I don't want to be in a situation where somebody says, Hey, how much did you win? <laughs> I say, Oh, I didn't bet. I didn't bet what I said. <laughs> um, so, so I will, I will play a pick five with plays and sevens, but I, I'm not going to have, I'm not going to bet the, the prequel. It's not going to happen.
2: Yeah, if I hit this pick five, it's gonna pay because 'Cause I'm gonna have some prices early and I'm gonna be betting against mage and late. So if and if I hit it, it, I'll I'll pay. If I if I if I hit it, it's gonna pay, put it that way. Um yeah. I might not hit it, probably won't.
1: Yeah, yeah. I <clears throat> right. And you know, and if I hit it with Blazing Seven singled, it's gonna pay. But um Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I'm just not going to play the Preakness. Just because it's the Preakness, I'm not going to play it. I'm, I am I can enjoy the race just on its own merits.
2: Enjoy so, that seven-horse race,
1: yeah. <clears throat> uh, did you guys have any spot plays on the rest of the card? I did not get a chance to look yet.
0: I was so focused on this pick five for you guys. That's all I got right now.
1: All right, well, then on that note, I would like to thank our guest, Ed DeRosa. Ed, thanks for hanging with us.
0: My pleasure. So, uh, well, it sounds like Chris and I can both hit with National Treasure, but if it's Blazing Sevens, it's just Scott waving the banner. Is that right?
2: Yeah, although I could have a little backup ticket. I don't think Blazing Sevens is impossible. Uh, Right, I agree. I National Treasure is much more likely. And I think we're by all fading. Mage, mage you get... Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, except all right. for Scott, I think. Uh, I guess you are fading. Him you'll have a little mage
1: here or there. I'm fading him in the pick five. I am playing oh, against okay. him in the pick five. He, 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 right. You got to do that. But, you know, uh, again, I have, you know, I'm kind of rooting for him, too. So yeah, I
0: get it. Get that for sure.
1: I, I would love to see him come into the Belmont uh, with uh, the Triple Crown on the line. And, um, you know, that, that just, it, it makes it more fun for everybody at the, at the track.
0: Yeah. Well, and you know, you, you know, as well as I do, Scott, given what, what we do for our day jobs, it's good for business
1: and it's good for business. And, uh, you know, we, we can use, uh, some positive, uh, publicity right now. Absolutely. <clears throat> that will conclude show number 226 of the sport of Kings pod. Good luck on the Preakness card and wherever else you play. And please enjoy the Brooklyn Boogaloo blowout.
2: I'll see you on of Kings. Cheers.
1: Gideon.